0: Good morning, everyone. And um, sorry, slight delay on our part. So we're sorry you're a couple minutes late. Um, SACPA is uh, wanting very much to acknowledge that this event takes place on the lands of the Blackfoot people and Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. And we pay respect. To their past, present and future cultural heritage beliefs and relationship to the land. SACPA is also very thankful for the continuing support we receive from the University of Lethbridge, Shaw Spotlight and the Lethbridge Herald. Today with we have with us Cindy Foss, CEO of the Lethbridge Chamber of Commerce. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cindy. Uh, Cindy is a double alumnus of the University of Lethbridge. She holds A Bachelor of Music, a Master's of Education and a postgraduate certificate in Executive Coaching and has completed Leadership Certificate through the Napoleon Hill Foundation at Purdue University. Her professional business career began under the direction of her entrepreneurial parents. Cindy focused in healthcare with the company We Care Health Services. Specializing in palliative care for 20 years, serving as the CEO for 10 years. In early 2019, she became the CEO of the Leftbridge Chamber of Commerce, where she has recently led policy on such topics as the econ the econ the economics economics of addiction. Sorry about that. Digital broadband as the key to economic prosperity and create an effective workforce for the changing economy which all received federal recognition. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us um, and we very much look forward to your talk.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate being welcomed. Uh, it's a privilege today to speak to you. Uh, this is an exciting uh, venture. I've uh, This is my first Skype uh, presentation that I've done through this this last year, I uh, our team has been stuck in Zoom land, so to speak. So, uh, this is a new learning opportunity, so I'm I'm very grateful for that. Um, we could put the slides up. Oh, they're up already! Great, wonderful. I appreciate that. So as you can see, today's I titled today the economics of education, and a lot of the policy work that I'm I'm doing right now. Um, as said in the bio economics of addiction. We're also looking at economics of childcare, economics of women in the workforce. So it's just to tie in the the business side of, of reflection. So the title was our severe funding to U of L in Lethbridge College likely to have both short and long term consequences for the Lethbridge economy. So you know that is a an interesting title and I, I'm spinning it a little bit as, you know, my experiences with the University of Lethbridge. And so, you know, I, I'm very, very fortunate that I get to work with partners at the college, but from my personal experience, it's at the university. So I'll be mostly speaking at the university today. So I'm gonna go over a couple things, kind of what my story is, who is boss, and why is education important to me? Then the business of education and about some of the pressures on the system. Education and economy, so looking at some of the financial impacts on the economy. Build Local, this is a new initiative that the Lethbridge Chamber of Commerce is going to be announcing shortly, so you get a preview of it. presented it to our board this morning. It'll be a focus on the power of growing our local talent, encouraging them to stay local and build their life in our community. And, of course, a couple moments of moving forward and what some possible next steps are. In the question mark, I, I, I liked this question mark because there's a lot of gray. And there's, there's a couple little blue spots, but there's a lot of gray. And so we do have a lot of unanswered questions right now. And so I'm hoping, I, I don't know if we're going to add more color to the question mark today or create more gray marks, but uh, that's part of the learning process is, I think, you know, I, I, when I started university, I think I, I thought my question would, I'd fill in the colors, but I think my question mark has just gotten bigger over time. So we can move to the next slide. So Cindy Voss, I have a bachelor in music and a master's in education, as was covered in my biography. I am a southern Alberta girl. I grew up in the Christmas Pass and moved to the big city of London I was 17 in 1990 and um, those of you that were around in the 90s you know I was 17 and I was thinking this is exciting this is what adulthood is going to look like and I'm at the University of Lethbridge Um, but there's a debate was starting to go with government spending and and arguing on what needed what was affordable what wasn't affordable what did this mean and and where can we cut so as a university student starting off it was scary to know where I was going and, and what those long-term costs were going to be. And that puts me to my son, oh, talk about my son, I'm so proud of him. He's just finished his first year of a Bachelor of Management program. And, you know, as son of an alumni and another generation of student, this debate is continuing. And what does that mean? Where can we cut? You know the word cut and 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 overspending, underspending. Um, uh, well, I wish underspending was in the discussion. It's not generally these days. Well, on the the table maybe, but um, some of those things will will. Um, the debating cycle is a never-ending cycle, and uh, that could be a totally different. Situation. So I want to focus on some of the stressors of the system. So I'm going to go to the next slide, if you would please. Thank you. Uh, what do consumers expect from the business of education? So when I googled business of education, you know, of course there's a thousands and thousands of hits because this is a, a topic of you know how do we how do we responsible government or responsible institutions responsible business? At the end of the day, uh, some of the things we have to look at and discuss, is what is the consumer wanting or needing or expecting? And hitting the magic bull of satisfaction. So I just pointed out, I wanted to point out just a couple things. So I sat and talked with my son about, you know, his consumer expectations and me as a parent kind of thing. And, you know, communication skills uh, was one of the t- ones, you know, learning trust is important. Uh, effective public speaking, is mm-hmm learning how to inspire others. Then working in a team environment, building a team, teaching and training other people, collaboration, inclusive leadership, conflict resolution, inspiring and empowering others. Then civic involvement, going towards taking action in your community, valuing others, fulfilling civic duty, building relationships, And then if we go into project management skills, budget management, organizational skills, proactive leadership, strategic management, strategic planning, and then looking at leadership skills, the empowerment of others, learning the value of selflessness, uh, cultivation of genuine relationships, positive attitude, being solution driven. So what what kind of have to do with the topic? Well, you know, we we we've got this dartboard of loop and we're all trying to get it in the center. And we're all trying to trying to figure out how to be, while well, meeting the needs and the demands of 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 government or of our empl- employers or our future um, community. And I I think the government needs to look and and be part of the the planning on how we encourage them to look past just net, just the, the debate of spending and underspending. And if we are going to ask our institutions and our employers to work with less, what tools can we g- then get from the government to help us, h- help us do that? Because as we all know, I, the little figure, the, the, the person with the money, and it, it doesn't always work that way. And but we think about the costs. So we need to be think about the cost that the government is enduring, the cost the institutions are enduring, and the cost that the students are enduring and how to partner that together so we're all at the table having conversations that are effective. So it kind of goes to to my next slide, please. Thank you so much. So who benefits from the business? Of community, um, in the circles you'll see, I've, I've government. So increase tax base. So when we have our students are, who are successful and, and graduate, they're out spending money, and that's increasing the tax base and the generation of income. You know, the idea of the human capital theory. The stronger the knowledge base of our our, our students and our employees the stronger that capital is to build our province. Uh, The province also gets access to research and development. I I think that is a huge important um, aspect of what the government receives from this business of education. And they're also fulfilling their duty of being socially responsible because our government needs to support our, our, our learners from, from early age to lifelong learning, that that's, should be part, in my opinion, that should be part of that process, that lifelong social responsibility of learning. We need to own the task of learning, but we need to have access to the task of learning. Employers, how do employers benefit from the business of education? Acquisition of knowledge and skill, increased productivity, high quality products, the, which then increases the supply and demand. And when we have good skilled workers who learn some of the points that I was talking about on the previous slides, then we have a successful work environment. But we need to get some of those points to our students and to our educators so we can have a strong workforce. Students, what does student get out of, out of this business? Increased income potential. There's statistics that we could go on and on about, about the the importance of learning and how that can help advance us in different careers and help us follow our passions. Economic um, equity, finding ways to make that balance. Um, education does, does help with that balance. Networking, being able to, make, maybe not so much this year, even though we're doing it in different uh, virtual formats, that networking piece is key. It's so important. It's that continual learning, you know, when you're a child or, or even a teen, you do it in a more controlled environment. This is, we're letting the young adults get together and really learn about the importance of, of networking and education, creativity and critical thinking. And then work ethic. You know, I think um, work ethic is is so important and it's one of those values that I know I truly appreciate in uh, the education that I've had um, which I wanted you know a lot of people say well you have a bachelor's degree in music and a master's degree in education why are you talking about business well <laughs> you know music music was a, is an, an amazing tool and it helped me use my brain and what I talk about is looking at the script of music and it's it's my roadmap and how I play that song. If let's say it's a Beethoven sonata, you know, he I have that roadmap, but the dynamics I put into it, I'll respect the integrity of it. But I it it's still it's a combination of Cindy and Beethoven together. That gave me the skills and in, in business to look at business management and business development. I had the opportunity when I was completing my master's degree to teach and be in charge of PS1 students at the University of Lethbridge, and it was an amazing opportunity. And then my my family business, which supported me, which I worked at while I was going to university, um, my, my grandfather got cancer, and so my mom... At my parents needing me to step into the family business, so my classroom became all of the employees. So it was a little bit different of a classroom, but it was it was a classroom, and I got to work with. At one point, I had 187 employees, all looking at at healthcare and how do we help people, and. So experiencing some of the, the budget cuts and the changes in healthcare, while so experiencing them I in mean, the education field and then experiencing them in the healthcare field, it was a neat uh, well was it it was an interesting tie-in to help me understand the government, which helped me today in the policy process of 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 looking at business and, and how we need to work together. So, I'm going to move to the next slide of education and, oh, excellent, thank you. Education and the economy. And as I said earlier, lots of my references will be to the U of L because um, that's where I am and still belong. Uh, the U of L uh, and the Grothbridge College, of course, are drivers of our regional economy. In addition to the impacts of emplo- people employed at these institutions and the impact from household students living in the community. They also contribute by working businesses and industry through pure and applied research, responding to labor market needs and contributing to the quality of life. So just that statement alone, would I, I would argue that the value of the University of Lethbridge and the value of the college is considerable in our city. Those future that the people that are employed, the research that happens, and then the the minds that are are being molded and and the exploration that's being had, that the value of that cannot be measured, and it, it's so so important. Yet we can measure it a little bit, and this is a number I have from the U of L. The U of L has an economic impact of 1.7 billion annually in Alberta, with nearly half of that within the city of Lethbridge. So if we just even take just the U of L and we take that money out of our economy, that could create a crisis. So we we need we need strong educational institutions in our community. About 70% of the students that attend the university arrive from outside of Lethbridge, with a majority 35% coming from Calgary. This influx of students has a significant impact on our local economy whether it's house rentals, groceries, restaurants, entertainment, etc. But it also has an impact on the other side and I believe we are seeing that more and more this year with the access to labor. We need the labor force of the students in our community to have a successful business environment. The the students uh, you know and every industry has been a little bit different, but the experience that our students get working in hospitality, the experience our students get working in, in the construction field or in the farmer's field, that is an economic impact on our community as well. And when our students aren't here, the our city isn't as full. And when we don't have access to research, our potential is not as full, so there is those those um, changes to budgets have severe impact on our local economy. Going to the next slide. Thank you very much. I'm trying to fit everything in. I know I have my my time frame, so thank you. So getting the consumers at the same table. Leaders of today must work with leaders of tomorrow. So this must include business, government, students, and our institutions. So there are strong, strong collaborations and strong, strong partnerships. Like I said at the beginning, the college is doing some amazing things, and, and the university is doing amazing things. And and the way that we can support them is helping them do continue with these things. So we've come up with... Um, We've been fortunate to get some some funding and and recognition on the importance of of being local. So we're we're the idea of shopping local, investing local, building local, and um, exploring local. The one thing I'm going to just kind of touch on today is the build local growth occurs with strong local stakeholder development and partnerships working with local leaders of today to develop and encourage local leaders of tomorrow. And we have some powerful wisdom in our community and we need to encourage them um, to keep looking forward even in in times as disruptive as they are right now. So moving forward, how can we do some of these partnerships? And this is kind of where I am tying the chamber back in We had some exciting announcements with the Alberta business community and post-secondary teaming up on talent development because we need to figure out where are we going to get, um, the government has announced these cuts, how are we going to fill some of these pots back up so we can ensure that, that, that our university and our college continue to do the excellent work that they're doing. So as you can see in the slide, Alberta's business community and post-secondary institutions are taking action to align skills development with labour market demands through a new talent development task force. Led by the Alberta Chamber of Commerce and Council of Post-Secondary Presidents of Alberta, the task force will focus on strengthening the alignment of post-secondary programming with opportunities for business growth and expanding work-integrated learning opportunities for post-secondary students. The task force will be comprised of regional representatives from the business community and post-secondary institutions, industry, and funding leaders. So, that is getting everybody at the same table and, and having some of those difficult conversations. So. Uh, I, I guess we could move on to that that next slide because I am very interested in in some of the the questions and and conversations. So I'll I'll wrap yeah. up some of my thoughts and um, I have to say, presenting at at the at the city, I've got a five minute limit. So I'm used to powering through some words. So this this extra extension of time has been a real treat, actually. So going back to the uh, we're on the final slide. Uh, the uh, are severe funding cuts to the U of L and Lethbridge College likely to have both short and long term consequences for the Lethbridge economy. You know, it's it's interesting when Canute first asked me to to speak. You know, my first my first instinctual answer is yes, of course this does, and 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 and. Um, What are the opportunities? How can we look back to our our bull's eye of communication skills, team environment, civic involvement, project management and leadership? Does that change the, the, the cash flow coming into the university right now? No. Does that change some of the really, really tough decisions that leadership from those institutions have to make? No, but Together we can show the government there is a better way. We must find a resource that will dissolve the cut mentality and look towards a growth mentality. That resource is, I believe, our future leaders, led by the wisdom of our current strong leaders. And so I I would just like to end on that because, unfortunately, I can't see who's all participating on this call. But I know this city is full of strong leaders. And my work with the Alberta Chamber of Commerce, we, our leaders get mentioned regularly. And that's why we get asked to participate on on different committees that we do. We're fortunate um, with the Lethbridge Chamber of Commerce next year, our, well, our current chair elect is Richard Westland. And he is also going to participate on the Committee of Talent Development with a partnership through ACC and the Council of Post-Secondary Presidents. So we are fortunate to have these people at the table. And we're we're fortunate to have as many studies and organizations in our community that we have going on. Uh, I know the College and Economic Development just partnered on a, a great um, skills um labor force report and there's excellent work that came out of that. So I would just encourage us to, you know, the word cut, it's a tough word and it's it's not, but it's a tough conversation and we have to be willing to have those tough conversations. I don't like the reality that my my son, who's a first year university student, is going through these conversations that I remember having when i was a first year university student that that cycle of cuts really needs to end and we need to find find different words and so i'm hoping that the the business of education and the business of a strong economy can work together and and find a partnership to to resolve and replace that word with a a better word so i think i will And there, even though I'm a bit ahead on time, but um, I I think that's okay. Is that all right? Yes, lovely.
0: Um, um, I can answer your question regarding the amount of people watching on YouTube. We have 49 people concurrently watching uh, that are on currently right now. And we've had 119 people in and out during the last half hour. So just to fantastic, answer, yeah. Just to answer that for you, um, I would like to jump right into the questions. If you're ready, Cindy, and thank you very Absolutely. much. Yeah, thank you very much for the presentation. Well, our first question comes from Mark Goodall. Uh, the government has obliterated its research in agriculture, expecting the slack to be taken up ah, by the college colleges and universities, yet at the same time are obliterating the colleges and universities through severe cuts. The Leftbridge economy is also very dependent on agriculture. Your comments,
1: please. Thank you. Agriculture is is so important in our region and you know one of one of the pieces of the puzzle that when i was talking about the build local is that invest local and the importance of importance of investing in our local commodities that local commodity for us is agriculture and so with the cuts that have been made and the announcements that have been made you know that that does put a lot of pressure on Un, not only our institutions to ensure that we are are, are getting our, our, our future agriculture employees to where they need to be for that success of our our food production if, if you one of the one of the things I, I and it was great a, a colleague kind of brought it to mind and if we even look at, at, at potatoes uh, we're in a restaurant and we have french fries and um, we're sitting at the t- table, and I, I don't think that people realize the the power of that potato in our region because we've had, you know, we have that potato was probably growing in a field very close to us, and it was, you know, it was it was planted, it was harvested, and then it was taken to the manufacturing plant, and then it was taken to on a truck, and somebody had to transport it to to the restaurant and i'm missing a bunch of different steps here but and then it was deep fried maybe in some canola oil that made at richardson the impact of agriculture on our region is significant and the cuts are going to be extremely extremely potentially devastating on those two um, on the college and the university. And that's only talking about a potato. I hope I haven't, I hope I've kind of answered your question on that. But, you know, if you want potatoes at your restaurant, you need to appreciate what it took to develop that potato. Whether it's, you know, and if we look at Cavendish and, and the people that work there from HR to to the manufacturing floor, to the electrician, to the accountant to doing everything processing everything it's agriculture is significant in our region and that's one thing that our partners are really working hard on we're actually going to be doing um doing some work with exhibition park and and seeing how we can really really amp up the communication of the need for funding for agriculture
0: excellent our next question comes from Ian Hurdle There has been a major drive by the provincial government in the last 12 years to industrialize university research to have practical results. The C-R-I-S-P-R 2012 basic research gave two ladies a Nobel. The COVID vaccine, well, is that a follow-up, Ian? I'm... I'm not sure what the question is here, Ian, um, and I'm not sure if the, his second comment, which comes further down, I'll read it out, and maybe that's, uh, that's the COVID vaccine in mRNA came directly from this comment on effects on basic research. Shall I read that again, or are you okay with
1: that? I, I... I I, I kind of think I know where, where I can go with some of that. Um, um, You know, our, our, our university and our college tackle questions that are important to our citizens when they do their research development. Um, You know, for example, the University of Lethbridge is a leader in water research because our community is located in an area of the world with less participation as we know water availability and quality are critical to long-term economic success in the region. So without that research being done and completed, um, what's gonna happen to, it kind of goes back again into agricultural food chain, we need good stable water to produce good stable foods. Um, I'm not sure if I'm, you know and that's where i think we need to be able to look at how do we successfully then work with the important research and some of those topics that are in the area Um, an example i can give of uh, one way we worked with the university is uh, with some on cancer research we had found out um a local group of us musicians found out that um one of the researchers had lost their funding. And so we're like, how can we do this? And as I stated earlier, um, I, I've had many family members um, diagnosed with cancer and my, my father actually just went through chemotherapy. So it's, it's a topic that I'm very sensitive to. And uh, the research was on the effects of chemo brain. Anyway, so what we did was, how do we help this researcher get money? owned with organized a group called Songs of Hope and we hosted a, a concert we brought in a well-known trumpet player and we hosted the concert and we were able to raise sixty thousand dollars to help this researcher do that important work. So how do we how do we let our community know the important work that needs to be done? How do we how do we how do we highlight those topics where if funding is cut How do we know about that faster? So that we can then, um, we can go back to the, the, we as industry or as business could go back to the government and say, this is how we want to help. And if not, then what do we need to do from there? So let us know, knowing what, what research needs to be done and then how can we solve that by either going back and lobbying the government or finding a way to make it work.
0: Our next question comes from Knut Peterson. Mm, talk about potatoes. Potatoes. But- <laughs> <laughs> Many thanks, Cindy, for your comprehensive presentation. Can you talk a bit about what effects the cuts may have on UofL and the college being able to recruit foreign students coming here?
1: You know, that's a very good question and foreign students um attraction is kind of a a debate in the news right now where um not just because of covid but just different restrictions um you know typically the university of lethbridge has attracted approximately 600 students per year from over 70 different countries and these students are have a very positive culture. economic impact to the region with cuts you know that that is one of of the struggles because if you don't have the if you don't have the workforce within the university or the college to go out and attract the attract the the students it would be very very difficult because um, you need you need somebody with that job in order to go do that job to attract that kind of Consumer, so to speak. Um, one thing that I, that I, that I'm hoping to see, um, and I know the university has partnered with other universities and and doing exchange programs. So, for example, my um, my son is is looking at going to the Netherlands next year um, to possibly uh, do a semester there. So, using you know maybe using our, our our local students and some of those international partnerships and programs that we have with the other universities, that might be a way to showcase attracting people to come our way as well. Okay,
0: good thing the Dutch teach university-like classes in English.
1: <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Our next question comes from Chad Povey. How does a certification and skill based approach help fundamental research?
1: Now, what I, w- I guess I would just need a little clarification on that. So, getting the certificate through the college or the university, how that would help with the research? I'm sorry.
0: I'll, I'll read the question again, but maybe Chad okay. can, maybe Chad can elib, el, elaborate in the chat further. But the question is, how does a certification
1: and skills-based based approach help fundamental oh. research? Okay. I, I think if I understand kind of what you're saying, you know, going away from that traditional academic degree maybe um, and pursuing more of a certification path way Um, you know one of the one of the calls i was on recently uh, with the government on the way they were looking at and researching um for example um i believe it was ireland that they were referencing going more towards that um hands-on in the which the college already does that hands-on learning uh model um versus you know the university in the classroom and then maybe in the lab kind of feeling oh
0: yeah we just we no that's fine we just got a clarification from chad Um, okay how does a certification and skills-based approach help fundamental research and then he clarifies changes to programs that focus on skills
1: versus knowledge right so that skills versus knowledge debate Okay, you know, and that, um, you know, that gets brought up a lot. And I think what we're seeing is you need skills, and you need knowledge, and you need the two of them to work together. Sometimes, um, I'll, u- I'll, I'll use my, my nursing company as an example. You know, we'd ha- we had physicians and nurses and LPNs and healthcare aides. And Each level had a certain skill and with that skill came some knowledge and they each have a different purpose and a different role within the system. Um, Then the training on on, on the other side, um, I think it was also um, Henry Ford that said somebody came into his office once and said, well, do you know how to put the entire car together in every single part? No, I have people who know, have the skill and have the knowledge to help put that vehicle together. so But it's finding that perfect union of how to put those with excellent skill and excellent knowledge together so we don't have that conceived separation of one being better than the other. I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, Uh, Chad went on and made another comment saying this is a big problem for math and physics.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: Our next question comes from Laurie Schultz. What is the strategy to help women and marginalized groups who have been hit very hard by COVID to recover and re-enter the economy, keeping in mind that the keeping in mind the economic playing field wasn't level before COVID?
1: Thank you very much for that question, and I'm actually so excited to tell you an answer. We have, and this is some of the power of being a member of the of the Chamber of Commerce, um, which I've been I've I've been a member since I remember in 1993. My dad took me to my first Chamber of Commerce supper because he said, "This is what you need to do. It's your your civic duty to ensure that you are in." connected and that you stay with these people throughout your your career. Anyway, so now being a member of the Lethbridge Chamber of Commerce links us with the Alberta Chamber of Commerce and the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. We are working with the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce and we're going to be releasing hopefully next week a survey that specifically addresses your question. And we're going to be taking that data and um, we've got um, we we felt it important to to look at mid-sized cities. Women everywhere are extremely important. I I, I don't want to say that make it look that way. But we felt if we could compare mid-sized city to mid-sized city, we would be able to be make um, some uh, better assumptions on what we can do as a chamber then. To move things forward, the the other thing that is exciting, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce has set up a committee specifically to investigate more of these issues because we're going to find them. And what what concerns me is um, we we could lose we could potentially lose uh, I, I don't want to say generation, but a, a time frame of women from our workforce. And women that we really need in that workforce, who will be those those leaders of tomorrow, those those leaders that were, you know, ex- starting to experience things, getting some great manager skills, getting some great leadership skills, who all of a sudden were were put out of the workforce for various pandemic reasons. We need to pay attention to those women, and we need to find out what the barriers are and and how we can help move forward. So. Hopefully that link for the survey will be out by about next Wednesday is what my target date is.
0: Oh good, we'll look for that.
1: Um, And um,
0: Laurie Schultz asked another question. Does the UCP's funding formula, that post-secondary will receive funding based on the percentage of jobs graduates attain, does this funding model align with the post-pandemic and gig economy?
1: you know that's a tough that's a great great question and that's a tough question because how do you measure it it's it's again one of those questions as um mid-sized city comparison to calgary or edmonton it's what does that you know those kpis need to be looked at and they need to be reviewed because our measurement system is going to be very, very difficult, different as our university specializes in, in different areas. And so is job, I hope and, I, you know, it would be my hope that everybody that goes through, you know, the college or the university ends up graduating and successfully getting a job right away in their chosen career. But we all know that reality is that it's probably not going to happen, and because we need to build those experiences to get to that chosen career, so measuring it in that terms, um, you know, it's could be very controversial. And I, I don't think it goes back to um, when I, in the the who benefits from from it. You, the government is not going to benefit from from looking at it at it that way because they're not going to like that social responsibility piece, but also that, you know, the, 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 the idea of making sure that the, uh, our human capital, so to speak, it, it doesn't necessarily, oh gosh, um, your landing point when you get out of school right away is not your final destination. And I do not think that it's fair for that measurement to define a funding resource to an extremely important institution like the Lethbridge College or university. Took me a minute to spit that out. Well said though, well said.
0: Um, I have a comment here by Denise Wall, and I'm going to read it out just in case you wish to comment on it and have read this particular article. Um, Denise Wall, not a question, just a comment. Take a look at the June 2021 Alberta views on what several researchers, including Ross McKenzie, commented about the state of agricultural research and the province downloading on them to downloading them to the secondary education. It's another very short-sighted UCP policy. I'm just not sure if you read that article or if you wish to comment.
1: Um, I haven't read that specific article, but it is is something that we're very, very aware of. Um, I've had the opportunity to um, sit in on the last three budget and And having some of those conversations, um, it, it just makes you more aware of how important it is for us to communicate with Edmonton the importance of agriculture and the importance of Southern Alberta. We have to keep that conversation going because people south of Calgary sometimes forget, and I, I don't mean to say it quite that aggressively, but forget about the importance of agriculture and, and what we need to do to make that succeed.
0: Our next question. Um, do we have any current or projected info about the brain drain from Alberta, especially from Lethbridge?
1: Mm. And you know, I I know um, our 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 partners at Economic Development Lethbridge. Uh, we are fortunate to have one of their staff members sit on our board. So this is something that um, is of topic, and they're they're looking at at some of the some of the numbers. Some of the numbers are are puzzling at this time, just because there isn't clear there isn't a clear path of defining what we're losing and gaining right now because we've all lost a lot. So understanding what future loss is, I think we're going to have to review that again and say January, 2022.
0: Okay, our next question comes from uh, Mark Goodall. Universities rely heavily on federal research funding do you know if there's been budget cuts of, of shirk and NSERC have
1: have been increased or decreased um, I I do not um, I would have to look into that a little bit more um, you know and it's the fe- the federal side of things it, it seems to be kind of changing as we go as well um, I, I'm hoping that with the economy opening back up and and some of the grants or some of the availability uh, you know of money and of funding goes back into research instead of just i don't mean to say just, instead of maintenance kind of of the flow right now
0: my okay. next question comes from Beth Mundell what ways other than funding conferences does the Chamber have to support higher education?
1: You know, the Chamber has that... The, we need to be involved and we need to get involved. Um, before I, I joined the Chamber as a CEO, I I'm a, actually sit on the Senate at the University of Lethbridge as well. And um, I have always recognized the importance of linking the business community into into the University. Uh, when I owned my nursing company, we would have student and it's because of my my edu- masters of education that need to that need to teach, you know, we would have practical nursing students come in, especially home care, because so they would have experience from a, a public uh, point of view and from a, a private provider point of view to get that experience of, of what it's like to be in in that form of healthcare. Um even at, at, at some of my other businesses, I've always brought students in because I was taught that was the right thing to do. Um, so hopefully, that you know, uh, some of the conversations that I'm having with you know the different partners and you know uh, the excitement of you know the Alberta Chamber of Commerce pushing forward on the need to integrate student learning with with industry. Hopefully, those connections will. Do more than just be a, a funding outlet, but a, a partnership outlet, a collaboration outlet, and then access to resources. You know, some of it—it's it, interesting because um, some of the conversations I have is about how do we get, how do we partner academia with industry, and and you know, some of our some of our industry leaders, uh, some of them are are you know, they do continual education because of their professional designation, but some haven't and and they haven't had had to go to school for over 20 years. How do we reintroduce them back in there? So there's that comfort level. So they're like, absolutely, without a question, I will bring a student on board this year or I will um, this instructor or this prof uh, because I have the knowledge and the resources and the availability to do so.
0: Our next question comes from Clint Peterson. As a, as student costs increases, it arguably becomes much more difficult for our most vulnerable part of Alberta's population to attend post-secondary education. What are your thoughts? Absolutely.
1: Um, that is one of the most difficult things because I, I, I even think about you know, myself, and I I think that's one reason why I've always learned how to um, be adaptable, because you don't know when your circumstances are going to change. And even my my son with school, and he's, you know, he's got two jobs right now. And um, we have, we're a very fortunate family that we have resources, but he understands that um, he's going to, and he's fortunate that he can have access to do jobs there's people right now that have access to zero jobs and so how do we ensure that those students have access to to school uh, you know because I, I student loans and I, I loved yeah I, I had to get student loans every year unfortunately my, my marks were, were good and I, I didn't have to pay the, it all back at that time um, but you know we can't just rely on on loans and to get us through you know the the scholarship programs are excellent at both both the college and the university and you know but then again then you get your alumni or your 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 good supporters there's a point of exhaustion to them as well and especially right now so I'm sad that, you know, there isn't equal access to education and we need to do a better job at ensuring that everybody who wants access to education can get it.
0: Our next question comes from Beth Mundell. Does the chamber do any advocacy for the local economy?
1: we we do um we and obviously i need to do a better job of promoting it because there's this question um we worked we've worked a lot with the recovery task force and um how do we what do we do with broadband i'll use broadband as an example that was a federal policy that we pushed really hard on because broadband even actually the reason we were a little bit late we were having problems with a computer and it wasn't wanting to work and we had to do all sorts of things and this is we shouldn't have to have this many issues when just trying to have a skype meeting so with that um, some federal funding has come to the city of Lethbridge and they are doing a pilot project now in out at and um, sharing park and Churchill park we're wanting to expand it but those businesses need access to good internet to stay competitive and stay local. So it goes back to that invest local kind of um, uh, of thought. So we work a lot um, in partnership with 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 different organizations to ensure that if there's an issue, if there's an issue that you think that the chamber of commerce should be. Pu- going after policy-wise or advocacy-wise, please let me know. Because that is how we know and that's how we hear what is important.
0: Our next question. Uh, Do you think that the government's decision not to offer paid COVID sick leave has had an impact on college and university enrollment in the last year?
1: You know, yes. In, 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 in some way, I think, you know, I, I try to look across the country and, 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 you know, we did this early on and we're always investigating what are other provinces doing, what other countries doing, and we have not honestly not found a perfect role model anywhere to see who who did it right. Um, you know, there's that that will come with more research, which we need money to get those researches going so we don't do this again. And like, heaven forbid it happen again in our lifetime that we Will our younger leaders will have the tools to ensure that this doesn't happen again? Um, I think COVID overall has really affected attendance and money and availability as as a whole. To to say um, it was a certain piece of it were were maybe more detrimental than others. You know, I, I hate to be that person that says time will tell, but time will time will tell. It, 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 it truly will.
0: Our next question comes from Knut Peterson. It may be a bit off topic, but has the Chamber taken a strong stance on coal mining in the eastern slopes given the fact that such, that such has a potentially devastating effect on the Lethbridge
1: economy? Well, Canute, you, you and I will have a long conversation after this, right after i am done this call, I'm actually jumping into policy debate with the Alberta Chamber of Commerce for, for the next two days. So I was glad that this fit in between the, the debate sessions. Um, you know, that is a topic that um, I reached out to Medicine Hat on because we, you know, our waterways and, and, and everything. So it is it is on the radar. We have been talking um vigorously about it, and we will, we will see what comes out of um, the next two days as to how the Chamber would or could approach the topic, because um, unfortunately, unfortunately, because of our network, some of the areas that um, Crow's nest Pass, I was a Crow's nest Pass girl. <laughs> As I said, you know I grew up there. I I, I talked to my uh, talked about coal my entire life. Just about, um, so we know there's important conversations that need to be to be had about that, and we'll we'll see where where policy takes us today. Excellent, um,
0: Laurie Schultz, Cindy, thank you for your informative presentation this morning and discussing progressive strategies and thoughts. Very much appreciate it. Also, on behalf of uh, SACPA, very much appreciate uh, you coming here today. Um, Before we wrap up the sessions, do you have a take-home message for our viewers today?
1: You know, that's a good, (laughs) I do. It's kind of funny because yesterday, and I, I kind of—I'm a very optimistic, positive person—and uh, but yesterday after the announcements, um, you know, I, I googled sayings about light at the end of the tunnel, and so I actually wrote this in a message in our newsletter yesterday: is that there is light at the t- end of the tunnel, but be careful that it's not a freight train. And <laughs> at first, you know, I freight trains. And so I wanted to spin that in my head on, you know, freight trains are loud, but maybe that freight train light is exactly what we need. Maybe our thinking has been too small of a light and we need that big freight train light. So I, I, I'm, I'm a very hopeful person, it's just my nature. So I, I'm looking at that light and thinking, you know, the, the bigger that light, the better we're all gonna be, but it's gonna take a collective approach
0: Wonderful. On behalf of the StackPath, thank you very much for joining us today. We very much appreciate it. I'm glad we got our technical um, trouble out of the way. And for our viewers online, join us next week when we have um, Markham Hislop, uh, Alberta's War Room, and the Steve Allen inquiry. Mm-hmm. Worth the money or millions wasted. So join us for that next Thursday, please. And I will now end the live stream.